Kings, and welcome to a new episode of Third Degree Burn. Uh, we have almost a full crew today. We have John Hyatt. Good morning. And Kirk Greenfield. Good morning, guys. And Brian Hughes. Hello. And I am Tim Elliott. And today, uh, Brian is our curator of the week, and he is going to give us a little information about what we piece of art we are going to be covering from the master today. Well, thank you, Tim. And before I get started with that, uh, I think, of course, I'm going to talk a little bit about today's beverage uh, to go along with my room temperature brie selection. Um, last week, you know, I had that uh, Riesling that was just a little too uh, sweet. But this week, um, I've gotten a fine Freeman 2016 Gloria Estate Pinot Noir. <laughs> A nice dark fruity rut wine with a cherry aroma. It's kind of like, it's like a, a black cherry flavor, and uh, with a hint of rhubarb and forest floor. So it gives it an exciting breadth and complexity. Uh, this should be really good. I decanted it a while ago and uh, opened it to breathe just about half an hour ago. So this should be just perfect to go uh, with with the brie. So I, I find uh, brie a little before. too little too. Um... A little too strong for my palate. I like uh, a little lighter cheese. Well, you know, I, I used to, I mean, again, I was always, an, I was a neophyte at this at one point, and I would have my brie cold, and I would eat it and leave the rind. And, you know, since I've learned, of course, it, to let it go ahead, you know, I take it out about an hour early so it gets to room temperature, and I will eat the, you know, the whole uh, piece. You know, it's like a pie cut. And I will eat the rind with it. And it really makes it enjoyable, especially if you've got a good, uh, uh, nice red wine. You could have a Cabernet Sauvignon with it, or in this case, a Pinot Noir, which is what, what you know I'm going to be enjoying today. And uh, I, I won't be doing the crackers again. Sorry about that. All right. Have anyway. Just heated it up in the oven a little bit? It's nicer when you no, get it no. like, kind of melty. Well, I, I, I don't necessarily want it runny. No, no. Not, it's not runny. It's just more melty. Hmm. Nice. I, I, and, I, I, and Tim, I, if you want to cut it a little bit, try try a brie that has maybe a little of a fruity topping to it. That's really good, and it kind I'll of cuts to, the sharpness that I think you probably I'll have. To, I will have to try that. I I am enjoying a nice apricot biscotti and a strong cup of Irish tea. So. Hmm. Oh, that is fruit. That is yeah. nice. Great smell. I've got a nice uh, French pressed coffee going. Hmm. Kirk, are you enjoying any? Uh... Uh, just a, a little bit of uh, um, juicy juice. As always, Kirk, you're right on target. Yep. Well, Brian, I'm, I, uh, sounds really I wanna, good. <laughs> looking forward to your review of that wine. I want to try it. Sounds great. Yeah, I, like I said, it, it's got a great fruity bouquet. Uh, and, and the taste, it just it just kind of like wafts and almost turns gaseous once it hits the tongue. I, I, don't, I don't know how else to explain it. It's really, really good. Oh, maybe I can, uh, you know, get my thoughts cleared up later. Now, um, let's, of course, uh, for those that have not listened to our show before, um, we're talking about the works, the art and the writing of John Patrick Byrne, a Scottish playwright and artist. Uh, of course, he was, uh, you know, very popular for some of the writings he did in TV, the Slab Boys trilogy, uh, Tootie Fruity, Your Cheat Heart. 
but he's also a painter, a printmaker, and a theater designer. Now, Byrne was born in uh, January 6, 1940, to an Irish Catholic family in Paisley. Uh, and I don't know, let's see if I can get this, this correct, because I, I butchered it the last time. Renfrewshire. Now, he grew up in Fergilis Park. Uh, the housing scheme was educated in the town St. Mary's Academy before attending Glasgow School of Art from 1958 to 1963. Now, he's received three honorary doctorates. And in 1997, he, uh, 1997, he was presented with the honorary doctorate from the University of Paisley. In 2004, he was made an associate of the Royal Scottish Academy. In 2006, he was presented with the honorary doctorate from the Robert Gordon University Gray School of Art in Aberdeen. And he currently lives uh, in uh, Naren with his children, uh, twins Xavier and Anor. And uh, as you know, it's been well publicized in the past. He's lived in uh, uh, several times in a polygamous relationship, uh, either with his uh, first wife, uh, or, um, that, uh, Alice Simpson. Simpson. And that marriage went on for 50 years. And starting about 1989, he had a uh, ongoing relationship with the actress Tilda Swinton. Now, it was with Tilda Swinton they had the twins, Xavier and Anor. And then he has two children from the previous marriage. Now, he's also been awarded an MBE, that uh, sorry, <laughs> member of the Order of the British Empire in 2001. Uh, on the Queen's birthday honors list and with this for his service in literature and to the theater. So uh, are we mistaken in calling him Sir John? I, I don't know if that's the same thing, is it? Is it being knighted? I don't think the same so. As, I don't think it is either. Um, it's not. He <clears throat> must forgive us. You know, we, we discovered his work and, and, and everything over the past couple of years. And though while, you know, we are, are finding ourselves to be patron of the arts now, we're still uneducated and we're still learning. So uh, please forgive us. And now, of course, he also has the two children from his first wife, John and uh, daughter, Sally. Um, and at this, I think that's what I've got as far as his, uh, uh, as his biography. Now, the piece that... Uh, I want to talk about today is a piece that he did back in 1993 of Sir Raymond Johnstone. Now, Raymond Johnstone was a businessman and public figure, uh, very uh, popular in the early 20s, uh, well, early and late 20s. The The image of him would have been, um, sorry, he was born in, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm completely screwed up on my notes here, so please... Uh, Except my apologies. Uh, he was born in 1929. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was born in 1929, and he was successful, a successful businessman, public figure. The image that we're looking at is one that John uh, had done of him, and I found out some interesting things. Now, this is less impressionistic than his other work. It is very, you know, just a great uh, painting portrait of this man, though it's got a lot of what I will call dressing around it. And that is the birds and the ribbons and the, and the, uh, what would you call that? Is that Ivy or Holly? I'm not sure what that is. The, uh, the plant dressing around it. Yeah. Ivy. And I mean, just the draping of the clothes on him, of course, is, uh, you know, shows this to be, uh, a, a very powerful man, a very resolute man. Um, 
And it, a, a familiar figure, as you look at it, he looks he, he looks familiar to me, though I've, I've really not uh, seen or heard anything about him before. But this is someone that could command, that has a commanding presence. It looks like something that was probably commissioned for like, oh, um, you know how you see boardrooms and you see those massive paintings mm -hmm. hanging on the wall? This looks like it was probably maybe commissioned for something like that. Um, because like you said, you know, it's not quite, or it's not quite as um, impressionistic as a lot, a lot of his other artwork. Yeah, because if you look at Donovan or any of the Beatle Ballad covers. Uh, or, or the, the Humble Bums. <laughs> yeah, the Humble Bums. <laughs> or, or, or the mural. You're, you're seeing stuff that's very impressionistic and, and not, you know, something that has the, the greatest amount of realism to it. Whereas this right here, aside from all the dressing around it, mm -hmm. which is really interesting. This almost looks like a presidential portrait. Yeah, but it still has, and I've mentioned this before when we talked about Burns' work, that he still puts in a little bit of whimsy. That's what you're calling the dressing. I'm going to call it a little bit of whimsy. Which yes. is yeah. the bird and the, looks like kind of a floating banner, ribbon. This ribbon, and then he's got the, and the, and if you look at it, the proportions are off just a little bit, and maybe that is, <clears throat> excuse me, to your point, Brian, to give the sense that this is a powerful, important person. But yeah. to me, it, it 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 throws it off a little bit, and so I've never been as as, as admired of his more surreal takes on. Uh, to your point, this is not as bad as some of the other stuff that he's done. Like some of the, his portraits of Tilda Swinton are really are really whimsical. Um, yes. So it's not you know it's it's some of his cover work is not as. Um, I've always. Uh, I've always said I, I'm more partial to there's a, a another cover artist called Michael Whelan that does more realistic uh, surrealism stuff, and I like him better than uh, Burn. And Burns, uh, his color palette's a little muted too. But um, mm -hmm. this is one of his. To your point, this is more of his more straightforward portraits than some of the other stuff he's done. Right. You know, I right. thought it, I it, maybe it's just me, but I thought he looked like Gil Kane in this portrait. Hmm. Do you, do you guys see that? I, I almost see him looking like um, <clears throat> the actor, uh, and I'm I'm uh, trying to remember the actor that was uh, that was in RoboCop, Dick Jones. Um, Ronnie Cox. Oh. Ronnie Cox. So, Ronnie Cox. Yeah, yeah, he reminded me a bit of of, of Ronnie Cox or uh, Michael Farrell from uh, Mash. Mike Farrell from Mash. Yeah, yeah I can see that. He looks a little like William Hartnell, who was the first Doctor too. Hmm. There you yeah, go. a little. Yeah, there you go. Now, the uh, one bit of trivia that I found really interesting in this, uh, and, and and you know, just plays right along with the 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 things that we found out about Byrne and and how he likes to insert himself into things, is that if you looked at the at his hand and he's holding that medallion there, that actually is a, is a medallion of the artist Byrne himself. Really. Yeah, so he found a way of inserting himself into the image. Interesting. I also find it interesting, and, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with tattoos or not, but the bird that's over his, I guess, left shoulder, is that a sparrow? What, what yeah, are, I think you're right. Yeah. That looks like, if you look at an American traditional tattoo, which is the goes back to the, the turn of the century, like the kind of stuff sailors would have, that looks like the style of bird that would be tattooed. And I don't know if that's intentional, because that looks too much to like <clears throat> what that tattoo 
resembles for him not to have put, and then maybe him just kind of poking fun, maybe. I don't know. That's that, that we need to research that more, right? Well, it, and, and it you know with the uh, the ribbon and everything, it almost you know what you talk, talked about the whimsy. I, I it makes me think almost of Terry Gilliam animation. Yes, yes. And, that's, and, that's and, and a at great... any moment, you know, someone's going to stick their head in and go Dimsdale <laughs> or, or or something along those lines, and you know, just uh, you know, kind of break the tension there of the seriousness, you know, of his face. Well, the, uh, in this. the suit, when I said he's kind of playing for proportions, the suit looks a little bit like another Byrne. It looks like uh, David Byrne's big suit from oh, Talking Heads. Talking yeah. Heads. So yeah, I got that. That's another Byrne right. connection there. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, any final thoughts on this? No, I think it's... Uh, I mean, I think the focus is when you look at it, you look at his face first, and that's where you should read it. And then mm-hmm. your eye kind of goes around to look at all the other stuff. So I think... If this is a portrait, and this was like John said, like you would walk into a boardroom, and this is this is our founder, and it's above the big meeting table. That's the kind of portrait I think you would have. It's you know, four feet by three feet, and it kind of dominates the room. So if that mm. in that case, I think it's successful. Yeah, John, by the way, guys, this other this shoulder? wine this wine really accents <laughs> that that breed just perfect. I cannot <laughs> believe that that's really good. Um. Excuse me if I belch. I, don't, I do not mean to. <laughs> What's perched on his other shoulder? Or is it, is there anything there? It's a ribbon. Oh, oh I see. Text. It's the ribbon. I yeah. I didn't recognize it. Sorry. Well, no, I, I, I was like that in the first place. And, and the other thing that I, I wonder about, is the hand size proportion just a little big? Oh, it is. It is. Yeah, I think. Or is he just, is it trying to make him that much more impressive? Well, it seems to me like actually the the drawing of his head is a little bit small for the rest of the body. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Well, that's that that falls into the whole David Byrne thing. So that's, yeah. that that's uh, very interesting. Well, because he's got a connection, you because know, he did uh, he was commissioned to do the you mentioned it, Brian, the Beatles. He did the album that what we would know now known as know as the White Album. He did a a portrait for that, and then. Toward, at the end, for some reason, they changed the uh, they changed their mind and just made, it became the white album. It was you know just whited out. And, and for I, those that want to see these, including the the, the Raymond Johnstone image, we're going to have a link to the National Gallery's uh, website so you can go in and take a look at these. Right, and I, I heard that he uh, I don't want to say he was distressed, but that kind of threw him to when they when he had commissioned this. Uh, and it was very whimsical of all the Beatles for the album. And, they, and then we went with the White Album instead that he couldn't work for almost a year because of that. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's that's how tied these guys are with their work, that uh, when something like but that it, happens. And so was he not able to write at all during that period as well? I think, I, he, mean, yeah, he... I think he was writing. He threw himself into his writing, but he couldn't paint. So yeah, and he's of course you know one of the one of those creators that always thought of himself more as a writer first and an artist second anyway, right? Um, which which seems to be a common uh, common trait of artist writers, especially the more talented ones. So, yeah. uh, but that, he that seems he's, he's got a around. reputation for being a little a little grouchy because I'd also heard you were mentioned <laughs> that he had had this long affair with uh, Tilda Swinton mm-hmm. that. Uh, he was on the set when she was doing Constantine with Keanu Reeves, 
And in that final, when they were filming the final scene with her and he's confronting Lucifer, that mm-hmm. he kept arguing so much with the cinematographer that he had to be removed from the set. Oh my! Wow. That yeah. is such. I did not wow. know that. Yeah, that's. I mean, these these guys. You know, they're you know he, temperamental, he, right? And he's a painter, so he the painters deal with light and shadow, and he just didn't think the cinematographer was was lighting her correctly, and they had to just you know politely escort him off the set. Hmm. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Are, are there are there any last thoughts on uh, the Sir Raymond Johnstone piece? No, I think I think we've done a good job of covering. I think it. we've done a good, yeah. good coverage of that. Uh, Tim, did you want to uh, check the email, email box? You got any we, feedback? I think we did get some email. Um, yes, we have one when we covered the mural. Remember that show? We did get mm-hmm. some feedback for yeah. that. All right, I will read this. Uh, I can't tell who it's from. Um, maybe it says Indy Hugh at the Indy bottom. Hugh. Okay, okay. <laughs> so that, that's not for some reason that's not showing up my email. Uh, hmm. I don't think he's written in before. He may be a new listener, which all is right. which is great. Yes. Uh, email goes: Greetings to all. I just finished your treatise on John Burns' the mural, and while I found your musings quite interesting, I feel I should state my own observations in the matter. While there is, uh, there is much on record of, Je- of Burns' intentions with the mural, I always felt that this was his Sistine Chapel, more specifically the creation of Adam. I realized that I am... Oh. <laughs> that's, that's high praise. Uh, <laughs> I realized that I am probably in the minority here, but uh, I have always, always struck me as such that I cannot shake my own notion of this. I am more, I am more than certain that Kirk would agree with me or at least understand how I came to such a conclusion. Yeah. As always, your observations on the work are near complete to the point of obsessive, yet always missing a detail or two. Uh, I will let you figure out which. Um, I'll let you figure <laughs> out which. Thank you for putting these podcasts together. They make my drive to work almost bearable. Your faithful listener. Oh, Indigo. Okay, there it is. P.S. Uh, I must ask that Brian never again add crackers to his wine and cheese repertoire during the podcast. The extra noise was a little disturbing. Yeah, that's, and that's... for that I apologize. Yeah, he's <laughs> got it's kind of hard to edit that out, isn't it, Tim? Once you hear the, the it, crunching, crunching while people you are talking, you can't because somebody else is talking. It's hard. Yeah, that's why when I, I put my mic on on uh, mute when I'm eating my biscotti because those can be very loud. Yeah, so shame there's no filter to be able to take that noise out. <laughs> The food filter, the crunch filter. <laughs> the crunch yeah, filter. I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's great. I, uh, I hope Indy who won't will keep continuing. To, will continue to listen to us, and we're not we haven't uh, ruined his experience for him. Um, sounds like he's got some strong opinions, so that's good. We we we, we enjoy feedback. Okay, now uh, as I understand it, John, on our next episode, you wanted to cover several of the different album covers. And yeah. kind of give them um, uh, a lot more attention. Which ones were you thinking of? So maybe the the listeners can go take a look before uh, before our next episode. Well, definitely, uh, I'm just fascinated by the humble buns, and I <laughs> I just think that's a great uh, great name for a, a band. So I want to check them out. And some of the Beatles' work. Uh, you know, the Beatles are were probably one of the greatest rock bands in the rock and roll history. So I want to cover some of that stuff and just, you know, go into some of his, his, uh, work and 
the colors that he chose and things like that. So it's kind of it's fun. Yeah, that should make for a very interesting episode. Uh, now, as always, if you want to provide feedback, you can email us at gotta get burned at gmail.com, G O T T A G E T B Y R N E D at gmail.com. And of course, we're available on Apple Podcasts, otherwise known as iTunes. Uh, we'd really like to hear from you and or get a uh, five-star review because that increases uh, awareness of our podcast out there in the Apple land. Um, that is pretty much all we've got for today, unless you guys have anything else you want to bring up. No, nope. I think um, we did that a good job. Yeah I, yeah, I think in the future we need to cover some of his because he's a pretty prolific TV writer. We we haven't even touched that, so maybe that's something for future shows we can discuss his TV work. Yes, I agree. I mean, uh, Tutti Frutti, um, that, that right there is something that's been on my mind a lot of late. Uh, there's some relevance to, you know, current events and such. So that that's uh, that that that's a good possibility for down yeah. the road. Thanks, Tim. Cool. Well, for third degree burn, I'm Brian Hughes. We also have Tim Elliott. Say goodbye. Goodbye. John Hyatt. Goodbye. And lastly, Fetal Bomb. Excuse me. <laughs> Kirk Greenfield. See you guys. Everybody have a great week. Thanks for listening. You can find us and many other great shows at tutufreaks.com. That's T W O T R U E. F-R-E-A-K-S dot com. Third Degree Burn is spelled with the number three, R-D-D-E-G-R-E-E-B-Y-R-N-E, and is part of the Tutu Freaks network of shows. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for Third Degree Burn, spelled with the number three, and Burn spelled B-Y-R-N-E. Compliments, complaints, and recipes can be sent to gottagetburned at gmail.com. That's G-O-T-T-A. G-E-T-B-Y-R-N-E-D at gmail.com. Drop us a line and tell us how we're doing. Till next time, this has been Third Degree Burn.